Since the beginning of the Virginia General Assembly session on January 9th, we have witnessed the introduction of extreme abortion legislation culminating in an attempt to pass a law similar to what New York recently passed. This bill rightfully failed, but I am, along with so many people of goodwill, distraught that this bill was introduced in the, in the first place. It could have paved the way for babies to suffer a violent and gruesome death moments before birth and could have been harmful to women. My hope is that this bill failed because the elected officials of the state legislature recognized that it was an evil and impermissible offense to human life and our collective decency. Abortion of a baby in the final stage of pregnancy borders on infanticide. Our government, however, may be willing to cross that border and go even farther. In a staggering admission, Governor Northam stated that after an infant is delivered, the mother and the family should keep the baby comfortable, resuscitate the child if that's what the mother and the family desired, and a discussion would ensue. This attitude and the bill that was defeated this week reflects a new level of deep-rooted animus against the inherent goodness of every child. The governor's statement and this bill demonstrate how far abortion advocates are willing to go in taking the life of a precious child. This is a critical moment in the life of our church and our society. I call on the faithful and people of goodwill to advocate for the right to life of all people, including the unborn and those children whose lives are at risk, even during the process of birth. In Virginia, with the assistance of the Virginia Catholic Conference, we must make our views known to our elected officials on all issues where the right to life is at stake. To the Diocese of Arlington, we continue to offer assistance to expectant families in need and those who are suffering after the abortion. Families who need help should contact the Diocesan Office of Marriage, Family and Respect Life, or go to the Arlington Diocese website. This is the bishop's letter. It's a truly serious issue. As we know, what, ha what happened in New York that opened the door to abortion to basically the last day of pregnancy, uh, this is an outcry to heaven, and I think all of us must do something, not be silent. Uh, we cannot just sit and say, uh, you know, that those things happen in different places. Recently I heard a very nice uh, comment, actually was part of a homily. It's like, you know, think about the fire in your house, and your children will come to you and will say, you know, there's fire in, in, in the kitchen. And you say, don't, don't worry, you know, the fire happens in, in other houses as well. That's a common thing. Uh, they happened before, and there will be fires again. There is a fire in our church. There's fire in the society, and we must do something. So this is a reminder from the bishop that we all have to stand up for this, whether with prayer or speaking up, all we all have to play some role. Now we're coming back to what we're celebrating today. Just a note on uh, 
Saint Blaise, there will be blessing of throats after uh, uh, when we finish the mass. And just to note, who was Saint Blaise? Some mysterious figure from uh, the fourth century. Uh, he was a bishop and martyr. He was martyred uh, in Sebasta, Armenia, around the year 316. And the legend has that it has uh, when he, when he was imprisoned on was on his way to prison, a mother came with her young son, who had a fishbone lodged in his throat and was almost dying. And Blaze prayed over him and command the child was able to cough, so the child was able to cough up the bone and lift. That's why now St. Blaise is this patron saint for those who suffer, especially from the disease of a throat or any other illness too. That's why when you hear that prayer, may through the intercession of St. Blaise, may the Lord cure you, may he heal you from the disease of, of the throat and add any other illness. But one thing is required whenever we pray. It's not a magic spell. It's our faith. It's faith that makes miracles. And we come to Jesus, who makes miracles. And in the gospel, today's gospel, just, just to connect what we heard last week, is just the same gospel passage. Uh, we heard one part of that, and today is the second part of that. So Jesus was talking about, he took the scroll of the prophet Isaiah, he started reading it, and he said, this is it. It's been fulfilled today in your hearing, in your sight. I am he. And we know from today's gospel, people react because they don't believe it was him. People get used to hearing things, and we take things for granted. We think we know the truth. And when we hear a different way, we very often reject it. We very often reject it. And that's what happened with Jesus. He came to his own town, Nazareth. And people, this is the son of Joseph. We know him. We know his family. How can he say such things? I don't know if that happened to you, but it happened to me many times. I was driving by something, like when you drive to either school, work, or other place, and you never see things. But one day you stop by and you see, wow, I didn't see that that thing was there. Whether a church, some nice place, maybe a store. And then we notice something. You see, we want to see, we, we see only we, what we want to see, and we hear only what we want to hear. We have to open our minds and hearts really to hear more and to see more in our lives. I'd like to come up with another story. Uh, true, it's about a priest from Italy, Father, Father Dolindo Ruotolo who is a servant of God, so he's on, on the way to be recognized as a saint. So in recent years in Naples, he lived in Naples in Italy, there was a strange phenomenon of Polish pilgrims. You know, I'm from Poland, so it's a story connected to Poland somehow. There were Polish pilgrims coming to Naples. Italy has so many saints that people are not like, even don't even, you know, they're not surprised that people coming and see some saints uh, in the places of where the saints lived. But they were surprised because people were coming particularly to see where Father Dolindo Ruotolo was buried. It's in, in a church, there is a tomb, and people started coming and praying, and almost like every single day for a couple of years now. So finally, someone like, what's going on? So people forgot they had this great priest among them who was a contemporary to Father 
Padre Pio, like we call him father, right? Padre Pio, who lived at the same times pretty much, but Father Dolindo lived in Naples, and he was very well-known preacher, homilist. He was known as, as a great confessor, comparable to St. John Vianney, uh, miracle worker, but also suffered greatly from childhood through basically his entire life. Suffered greatly from his family, then later from his brother priests and even the church. And people forgot that they had this great saint. So I'm bringing this point here, here because he was just right there. People of Naples kind of like forgotten him. They couldn't even pay attention to him anymore because it was taken for granted. And he is buried there. And now other people coming, hearing, reading about him and waking up in a sense. Father Dolinda Rotolo was known for his novena of surrender to God. And he used to say, oh, Jesus, I surrender myself to you. Take care of everything. I cannot do it. Take care of everything. And I would like to connect that with Jesus in the gospel, too. We have to, in a sense, surrender. If you want to remember one word from my homily, there are many motives, motives in, this, in this homily. Surrender. Surrender. Surrender to God with everything. Surrender your understanding. Surrender your life. Surrender your family life. Everything has to come to Jesus and from Jesus. That's the only way we will receive the grace. Maybe we are like people of Nazareth. We come to church. We keep hearing the same things over and over again. Oh, it's the gospel passage. Oh, Father is talking again about this. And we become numb. We just cannot hear it anymore. We cannot hear it. So we have to pray that we be open to what God tells us. We have to be open all the time. It's good to pray before we come to Mass. Very often we rush, and especially when you have families, right? It's very difficult to put all the kids together and make sure that we come on time. But it's good to pray so that we, when we come, we are ready to receive the message from Jesus Christ. And the message is very simple. There's only one Lord and Savior. There's only one. Just recently I had a few conversations. Father, you're saying to me, you know, Jesus is the only way? I say, yes. Jesus is the only way. Surprise, surprise, right? But, it, I mean, it surprises me that some Catholics, Christians, just, they say, no, there are many other options. There are no many other options. The only one option, it is Jesus Christ. But the difficulty is, if we accept that Jesus is the Lord and Savior, it has to change something in our life. That's why people of Nazareth were so upset with him, they wanted to kill him. Because he would turn the tables around. When Jesus becomes part of our life, beware. Something is going to change. Something is going to fall apart. In the beginning, you may not feel comfortable, but eventually, it will be good for us. It will be good for us, because He is the truth. He is the way. And He is that love that God reveals to us, about which St. Paul talks in the second reading today. It is about Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ who can change everything 
in our life. But we must remember, Jesus is not just a nice guy. It's kind of, I know that the, the way I'm saying this, you know, Jesus is not a nice guy. We have to remember that. People think that, you know, we come to church and there is sacrament of niceness, right? Just be nice. Don't worry. That's enough. It's not about niceness. It's about truth. Learning in Jesus Christ. And Jesus is not a nice guy. He is powerful. He cast out demons. He calmed the storm. He raised the dead. He is powerful and he changes our lives. But it is up to us if we receive him. And how we receive him? We receive him through the church. The church is the voice of God in the world. As imperfect as it is. Through scripture, through the sacraments, particularly through the Holy Mass, here is Jesus. And also through other people who will speak on behalf of Jesus Christ. But it's up to us again to receive the word of God. We look at the saints, particularly those who receive Jesus, like St. Blaise today, and especially the Blessed Mother, because she said yes to God's word from the very beginning. And we see that only through the acceptance of Jesus Christ we can, we can find salvation. And we find li- really better living here and now on earth. Sometimes we forget. We try to find different ways, something better. It is only in Jesus, brothers and sisters. There is no other way. So, surrender. That's the only way to salvation. Amen. Amen.